we bought in to the fucking game against New Mexico. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, this team is it. And we just talk shit all week. All week. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Oh my god, we're such idiots. Uh, like all of the receipts for Agnox now. We're fucked, dude. We were talking so much shit. We're gonna be on old takes exposed. Every it was just we were so confident. We were so fucking confident. We watched Miami play. We watched AM play. We were like, we have a quarterback. Our defense will probably be better because they have to be. And it just it was worse. Everything was worse. We were we're so bad, bro. And it's just the coach. It's a new coach at Miami. They lost to Haynes King last year. New coach at Miami just pulls up and drops his dick in our mouth because we have a bad coach and bad I'm coaches. Fucking coached our fucking class, bro. I was, dude, I was in the same boat, dude. I was so confident. I, I knew we were going to win this game. And like, dude, shame on me, dude. Shame on us. We, oh, God. The second. The second we had any confidence, we should have fucking rose a red flag. We should have known because I've listened to old (laughs) podcasts where we're always (laughs) confident. We're always confident after we win. We're like, yeah, we fucking are awesome now. Like, this is sick. We're definitely winning. And then we fucking lose again. And it's like, no, just fucking say you're going to lose. Like, when you're the most confident, that's (laughs) when you should say you're going to lose. If you're going to play in Texas... You gotta have a fiddle in the band That lead guitar is hot But not for Louisiana man So Raw's enough that both are faded love And let's all dance If you're gonna play in Texas You gotta have a fiddle in the band Welcome to Agnox Special Post Game Reports uh, we would have had a hell of a show for you tonight, but AM has lost to Miami. And to be honest with you, I am in fucking shambles. I don't know how y'all are feeling tonight. It's you know, I, I went to AM, I got there in 2010, so I guess like over a decade now. This is the first time that I've truly been embarrassed to wear the colors out in public. This was, like, I mean, the Appalachian state thing was, was pretty big time too. That was very embarrassing, but this was like, like this really just feels like the end of the chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Turn the page on this fucking douchebag coach, bro. Hold on. It's since 21, bro. This guy ain't taking us anywhere except for the ground. This was the worst day of college football in my entire life, top to bottom, easily. This game, it felt all week like we were going to run them the fuck over. We came into the game, got exactly what the fuck we thought was going to happen, stopped them right away, blocked the punt, walked in for a touchdown, stopped them again, just walked down the field, Had a fourth and one we should have gone for. Still got the field goal, so we're up 10-0. I think from that point forward, 
Miami beat the living shit out of AM 48 to 23. And the 23 is cushion because that was a lot of like grace points. Um, I mean, I want to look at the positives, but there just was not a lot of them. Um, Amari Daniels looked good until he fucking, uh, a defensive player from Miami put his nose on the football and bounced that out. That was a pretty big turnaround. Um, Amari Daniels averaged 3.4 yards per carry on 18 carries. Yeah. I mean, it just all around was just not anything. Like, so it was, it was, it was, that's, again, it's just like you want to call it disappointment, but disappointment means that you also have like something in the future planned. And really, other than the extremely far-fetched idea that will somehow sweep the SEC West, there's no other options. Like that's that's it. Tyler Van Dyke, 21 for 30, 374, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. They just did whatever they wanted. Uh, white receiver Restrepo, six catches, 126 yards. They killed us. They they did whatever they wanted all day. Our defense was absolute trash. And we said this last year on the pod at the end of the year. There's no way Durkin should get his job. We're getting a new OC. We're getting a new DC. And we're moving forward. Durkin kept his job. And we kind of like, Mentioned it briefly in the offseason pod, and we were like, okay, Jerkins back. I guess Jerkins back. We'll see what happens when he kind of develops his talent, the five stars on the D-line. Maybe they'll change some stuff up. Same bullshit all day long. Three-man fronts, no adjustments, just getting cooked. Miami made it look Dude, easy I- all day. I think the biggest slap in the face is that you have all of these fucking top ass tier defensive linemen. You're talking five stars. You're talking best in the nations. You're talking best in class for the state they're coming from. And you're running a fucking three man front in your fucking pass rush with that shit. And I, I do not expect like, how do you expect success in that? in any kind of opportunity that that brings how the fuck do you expect success you i mean dude let's be honest tyler van dyke he's decent he's a better college quarterback he's not gonna be you know jesus himself but the thing is is they were not able to pressure him what so fucking ever not and we're talking about five stars all across a d-line durkin is working with Basically, Durkin is selling gold to people who thought silver was a shit at this point, and he has nothing to show for it. It is fucking absurd. It was crazy. It was basically like seven on seven the entire time Miami had the ball. Anytime Miami had the ball, seven on seven. No pressure whatsoever. Our D-line is non-existent, and I'm going to go there. I thought the whole Terry Price thing was going to be motivational was going to push our guys forward lead them to having a great season up front they're ass they are trash i don't know if it's a talent issue i'm pretty sure it's not a talent issue durkin has to fucking go if they don't leave him on the tarmac which they won't they won't leave him on the tarmac in miami but i'm saying by week six if this man still has a job unless we win the rest of our games 
including Alabama, were fucked up. I mean, I think the utter silence from us three, three guys that can talk forever and ever kind of explains what we're fucking feeling right now. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not like it was unthinkable. I mean, the line was four points for a reason, like, but at the end of the day, like, it's just so frustrating to have like so much talent. So, and, and I feel like that's where it comes from. Like they, they probably have the idea of if I rush three people, each one of these guys can take on two guys alone. So three against five is perfectly fine. And that's probably where it comes from. You know what I mean? So well, it's, it's, just like, it's a combination. It's three man rushes. That is the no place of fucking incompetence. That is, oh my God, one versus one. No, yeah, not enough. It, it, it's like three times one is three, bro. Like, come the fuck on. Like, Dude, regardless, you have a top talent defensive line. It's the same thing on the offensive line. Like, you need to show support. You have to have on the offensive line. You need to have a running back chip every now and again. What if a blitz is coming off the outside? Same thing on the defensive line. You need to switch it up. You need to send a middle linebacker in. You need to send a fucking will linebacker out. Like, you switch it the fuck up. I will say that Miami defensive plan, how they were stunting on our offensive line, that was the exact same fucking plan that this AM team should have had going into this game. It these if the intelligence exists to execute on stunt plans for AM, this is not a competition. Like this was fucking absurd. Yeah, outcoached at every step of the way. Every step of the way. And also, our DBs just can't tackle, so that doesn't help. Every time a receiver's running in the open field, you can guarantee he's going to break two or three tackles. You know that's what happens at practice, though, dude. Like, especially on that, uh, I think that last, like, 64-yard touchdown or whatever, the corner got shook off, the safety came to fucking tackle and, like, bumped him. Like, you know that's exactly what they do in practice. Like, they're probably like, don't hit the receiver. Nobody needs to get hurt unnecessarily, which – in theory, it makes sense, but you gotta you're gonna play how you practice. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Offensive perfect side of the practice, ball. Let's bro. let's talk about the offense. Perfect quick. practice equals perfect performance, bro. No. One <laughs> well, if you practice. if you want me to to ruin your segment, I'll just throw a cornerback blitz at you. If you want to ruin the entire offensive segment, because exactly apparently that's just unblockable, and no fucking offensive mind in the whole world knows how to stop a cornerback blitz, according to the. Dude, it uh, was a game we watched earlier. It was ignorant. Why the fuck? What? Bro, we don't even you don't need to have a specific person for it. Just yo, someone throw a shoulder into the blitzing man. Someone fucking offset the timing. You half a second. Half a second. Offset the timing, half a second. You're looking at three more first downs the entire game. You're probably looking at 20 more points. Like, dude, fuck that shit, man. Like, that was absurd. They could not handle a blitzing corner. So let me, let me let me talk about what I saw that just really upset the shit out of me this entire game. Every time we got into a third and inches, third and one, fourth and inches, fourth and one, we would get into a heavy set. Like, it's the 1970s. 
go under center, which we are not under center the entire fucking game, but we go under center for these crucial downs. The situational play calling is horrendous because not only did they get stopped every single time they ran a play out of the heavy set, but they ran the same play every time out of the heavy set. Not once did they get creative. There was no play fake. There's no pop it over the top. There's no end around nothing. They just said, okay, we're bigger and stronger SEC team. We're going to run it over, uh, run it over the middle. We're just going to get it left or right. We're going to get the yard. We didn't I get it ever. It, you, do you think I'm overcompensating by saying like you, we should have paid D on his money and just fired Jimbo last year at this point? Like, is Probably, this wasted? Is this a wasted season that we're looking on now? I mean, it, if we had hired Dion and he transferred everyone in and told every like Connor to get the fuck out, and we would have been freaking out during the offseason. But the results speak for themselves, man. Like, I don't know what else to say. We got out coached top to bottom today. The offense out out coached, out tiered. I mean, outclassed. Cristobal's whole fucking plan on defense was phenomenal. It was executed flawlessly because these fucking old linemen have never been coached how to how to block on a fucking stunt. God forbid they send four and two of our old linemen have no one to block because they don't understand that the outside is being pressured. I mean, on the offensive side, you have a quarterback that's been in the program for two years now that has no fucking clue how to shift an offensive line based on a stunt. Hey, I, dude, that is high school. This is we are watching Bush League fucking football brought to you by Jimbo Fisher. Get this nine and a half million dollar waste this fucking space out of our way. Let's go hire some random ass coach who will probably deliver the same ass results. So stepping out of the emotional bubble for for a second here, let's talk about Jimbo's hot seat, okay? Where are we actually at? How much do we need to see this season? Where's the breaking point? We need to see four SEC West losses is what we need to see, in my opinion. I thought I don't think they're letting him go. I, I, he got his number one class, and he's losing to an unranked Miami. I, I, I thought this was this should be it. This is guys. We are talking about nine and a half million dollars per year. Like uh, people get fired at one hundred and fifty k salaries for making one mistake, and you're talking this guy has he has more mistakes than he has good on his resume at a And M. No, no doubt. And I mean, honestly, when you're looking at it from the outside, even, and you see AM, you see Jimbo, it's ho- however many years it's been, five, six years. We've, we've developed, we've recruited, we've gotten to the point where we have Petrino, we have a quarterback, we have a real quarterback, which we'll talk about the positive silver lining in a bit. We have a real quarterback and you come out and shit the bed against a non-conference opponent on the national stage. This is a game that a good coach wins. Jim Harbaugh wins this game 10 out of 10 times. Nick Saban wins this game 20 out of 20 times. Like, we could go on and on. It it just feels like Jimbo's not a good coach. He's a fucking dinosaur. It's not getting better. It should have gotten better. This should have been the year, our Michigan year, 
where it's like, okay, we've struggled. Harbaugh had a couple of tough years. We're wondering if we're going to fire him or not. And then bam, take off. They're sick. Now they developed everything. Everyone's bought in. They have a quarterback. This felt like it was going to be that in 2023 and already we're fucked. The only silver lining is that it is week two. So we could very easily win next week and the week after that. And the yeah, week after not- that and go into Bama and win again and keep on winning. So it's like, it's not impossible, but you know, South Carolina doesn't suck. Tennessee is good. Ole Miss is good. Like there's going to be a lot of more testing. So it's like, I feel like it's just a year to to have some real considerations. Record-wise, ranking-wise, it's not like a death blow by any means because our SEC West record's untouched, our SEC record's untouched. We can recover from this. Like LSU's had early losses and come back and made the playoffs, so on and so forth. It's more just the visual of seeing the same fucking problems over and over and over again. And Jimbo just not having a fucking handle on this thing. I just don't think he's who we thought we he was, you know, like like at the end of the day, like the amount of respect you command, like and you know, I don't want to bring up the Longhorns, which hats off to them, respect. They looked great, their offense looked amazing. Gary Patterson got the defense on point. They got people we've never even heard about balling out. Yeah, well like done. They, they, well, well done to the Longhorns. But but that's what I mean. Like last year was like, well, Sark's barely getting his guys. And this is year two, you know, like we kind of expect to do this and do that. We've already done that cycle twice. Yep. You're a hundred percent. So it's like, like that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, okay, like we've, we've been through it and here we are. And here we are again. Don't it's tell like, us Texas gonna do is going to be Texas is going to be better than us. The year they join the SEC, we're going to be in shambles, and they're going to be better than us. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's exactly my thought. My thought process to a T right now is, you know, I, I Jimbo has been trash since he came to AM. Let's be honest about it. the Orange Bowl victory, uh, COVID year. Fuck it, doesn't count. Uh, everything he has done has been trash except for bringing in the number one recruiting class which let's be honest their development from year one to year two Wegman plus everybody else negative at this point Walter Nolan holy fucking shit dude you're talking about someone who was supposed to stud down the fucking defensive line and you have allowed this dude to drop 30 pounds and Good God, we could see it. Like, we have no presence defensively. We have no thought of being a a threat defensively. This is a complete opposite turnaround. And, dude, I... Bobby Petrino was one thing. Wegman is another. Like, were we duped into thinking that Wegman was something because of how bad our defense is about to be in 2023? I mean, no, well, so are we about to be another eight and four, seven and five team in the SEC West? I mean, 
you know, things could turn around. And I, I do see a lot of potential for offense and defense to develop. But at the same time, you have to, especially after a loss to a non-conference opponent, you have to weigh the negatives. And the negatives are seven and five, eight and four, losses to Mississippi State, losses to Ole Miss, losses to Bama. Like, yeah. This is, we have been, is this Kevin Sumlin? What are we doing? It feels like it. And so talking about Connor's performance, and we can get to the overarching future of the program, what we think that things, how things can go next year in the transfer portal, so on and so forth, whether there's no new coach or not. Connor's performance today, it wasn't perfect um, like we thought it could be. There were a couple missed throws. Um, there were a couple miscues. I, I, both of his interceptions, I don't blame him for. Uh, I think the first one was when Anias slipped, and it would have been a perfect ball over the middle. Um, and then the the last one was just like a heave up at the end of the game. But fi- thirty one for fifty three through three thirty six, two touchdowns. He missed a couple throws where I think Evan Stewart. Uh, like caught it behind him and then it kind of forced him to slow down a little bit where he could have got the first down if he caught it in stride. Um, and then he he did get a little bit flustered when he got pressured, but he wasn't having a lot of help um, from the other guys. Uh, Noah Thomas was pretty much a no-show until his t- late touchdown. Evan Stewart had a few drops. He had a good game overall, but he had a few drops and uh, the run game, obviously, on on a per carry basis, was nothing, and they they really leaned into, hey, we're gonna run it right at you, like again, a nineteen seventies team. We're gonna run it right at you. We're fucking SEC football. Guess what, man? It's not how it works anymore. Do we have thoughts on? how this could go if we continue to lose games, Jimbo gets fired mid-season, and we've got this whole roster of super talented guys, a great quarterback potentially going into his third year, and we just don't know what the coaching situation is going to be. I think you're... You're looking at, uh, I think you said it earlier, 1970s football. You're looking at an aging duck coach. You hired Bobby Petrino as an offensive coordinator. So, like, we're looking at 2004 Air Raid uh, at the fucking max. I mean, you're looking at an aging coaching staff who has done nothing except drive a program towards the ground. You're looking at people like Mike Elko who have gone to Duke and they have pulled upset wins. And you're looking around at AM like, what the fuck? Uh, that should be us. So, I, I mean, in the future, I mean, the losses continue. And to be honest with you, if it was 2021, like I would have said before, Jimbo would be gone, bro. This is a nine and a half million dollar like investment that should have gone toward like West campus renovations. Um, Mm. We could have gotten Mike Elko for what? 4.5. And to be honest with you, we'd probably be in a similar situation. 
It's was Mike Elk sucks dick, dude? But that's that's what you live with as an Aggie fan, and you can do nothing but support. But at the same time, like I, I feel like this university has done nothing but uh, disrespect their support of the twelfth man, and like people need to start demanding a change. Come on now. Do you think Mike Elko might have been uh, the reason we won the Orange Bowl? I mean, reactionary speaking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough day. Ag Jack lost almost all of his bets, including at the end of today, Texas Tech plus six and a half. They were down by two and threw a pick six with 30 seconds left. Um so, so I that was when I think I just lost my mind. Like the <laughs> the little uh the cord in my brain just like snapped and I was like, fuck this. This has been the worst college football Saturday of my entire existence. So it's all uphill from here, boys. That's what I'm saying, dude. This is a dark day in like college football history, is it not? I mean, can you think of like another worst like Texas just beat Bama, bro? Like like this is yeah, Bama's not good. Let's be clear, Bama is not good this year, dude. Do you think I think Bama's gonna go like eight and four? Like, no way, dude. They can't quarterback, they can't maintain offense. Like, they can't defense isn't that good. Like, is it over? That's defense topic for another day because we stick now. So, past Bama defenses would have absolutely stopped Texas. In several big spots today where they couldn't do it. Past Bama offenses wouldn't have been that incompetent either. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I don't know. I think we call it right here, man. We're just rambling now, weird, dude. Bro. Shit is getting weird, bro. Maybe it's time we switch up to a, a youngin. It's time... I don't disagree. All right. Well, that's the Agnox post game. I don't know how coherent it will sound, but we've been through the ringer today. It feels like my balls have been chopped off and put in a blender and fed back to me. Anything in else brighter back? news, we are going to have a Duke insider coming on the pod at some point soon. So get ready for somebody that actually has up swinging views of their own program to join our, our pod. Well, he's not a Duke coach anymore, but he's a former Texas A&M coach, and he had a lot of things to say about this game. So, we love to hear that. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys.